These listeners mean about as much to me as a festering bowl of dog snot. Said no one ever on this or any other episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor, fluxing, crew, stations, scanning for UHF 1989. Prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and video games from 15 or more years ago. You can find this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 126, where there are links to contact us and vote on the movies you want us to cover. There's also a Patreon link if you would like to be one of our awesome patrons helping fund the show alongside Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Diego Avila, The Feelin' Film Podcast, Peter Guzman, and a secret patron as well. They're the ones that are buying stock in this awesome ship. USS Retro Rewind Podcast. We don't have a ship name yet, but thank you all for your support. <laughs> My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad designer, and I predicted that UHF would be a tragic movie. Oh, wow. And before we introduce our guests, here is your Francisco's boop, 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 boop flash announcement. So this announcement is mainly for our patrons or anyone considering being a patron of our show. Uh, we have decided... Uh, Paul and I have decided to replace the new tube and game bonus stage with a movie theology bonus stage where we'll be discussing the spiritual themes prompted by the movies we cover in the main episode, which you're listening to now. Uh, it'll be very similar to the Summer Free Movie Club discussions, if you ever caught any of those on our YouTube channel. Uh, so check out... Uh, so check that out, patrons. It'll just be in the same feed that you're normally used to getting the bonus stage content in. And let us know what you think. If you don't want us to keep them or not, uh, it'd be great to have that feedback. Um, and it's, it may not be permanent. We may go back to the other things, but we want to try this out and see how it goes. So that was your Francisco's boop, 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 flash announcement. Now we'd like to welcome to the show. He's been with us since the beginning. He's my Almost. good friend. Okay, almost. Good friend <laughs> and awesome co-host, awesome friend also. Uh, Paul, the master interrupter, Bazooka Lava Powers. Hello, Francisco. <laughs> hello, Paul. And hello, Wetro Wewine oh, listeners. my goodness. <laughs> Welcome to our large wowie. <laughs> Not covering American Tale, Paul. Uh, oh, sorry. Here is your trivial question for UHF. Kevin McCarthy, who played Channel 8 owner R.J. Fletcher, according mm. to Weird Al, this is according to Weird Al, thoroughly enjoyed himself during the film and would often break out in laughter after finishing a take where his character was being especially nasty. Oh, good. Paul, what, wasn't. what villain from film or TV do you think you would have a lot of fun playing? Oh, wow. How on earth am I supposed to answer that? Of okay, limited to movies. fine. Limited to movie comic book movies. I was supposed to say uh, live action. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> limited to movies comic made between nineteen twenty and two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'd like 
to think about that and answer that later. I'll, okay, you phone a friend while we introduce our guest, and we're going to come back to you. Yeah. But will you give us your prediction? Oh, okay. I predicted that UHF would be the exact opposite of Francisco as a classic. A classic. Okay. No, oh, we, Green Goblin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people said it growing up that I that my smile is like the Joker's, or it uh-huh. reminds them of it. Uh-huh. But um, I don't think I could uh, do as well as those people played um, the Joker. But Green Goblin without a mask, I might be able to okay to do better than the Power Ranger mask. Nice. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> uh, now we are welcoming a new guest to the show this time out. He is the senior pastor at the Orchard Church in Michigan and a fellow Christian Geek Central podcaster hosting the Untold podcast. And because that's not enough, he's also an author. We'd like to welcome aboard Nathan James Norman. Hi, Nathan. Hey, Francisco. Hey, Paul. How are you guys? Doing We're great. Doing how are you? Excellent. Glad to be here. Awesome. Glad, glad to have to- you aboard. What my first mate just said. <laughs> uh, Nathan, since this is your first time, we have a couple questions for you. First off, who is, what, who is, what is your favorite movie genre? Industrial safety shorts. You know, like those films where they, uh, they show you at like, Home Depot or whatever, like how not to cut your hand off. They're phenomenal. They're oh. the funniest things in okay. the entire universe. Okay, that's good. But what about feature-length <laughs> films? Uh, okay. Let's go with that. Um, I like any kind of drama that has self-sacrifice. That oh, okay. uh, that will get me tearing up like there's no tomorrow. Like oh, Gandalf, you're, you're and Lord into of the suicides. Uh, no, no, self-sacrifice. Totally different. <laughs> What's the difference between Sui- self-sacrifice and suicide? Both are suicide. You're taking your life. No, and and and, and self-sacrifice. You are sa- allowing yourself to be injured or killed uh, so that others can live or have a better life. Yeah, it's right. kind of like no, no. so you you no. jump off a bridge so no. that oh your gosh. family can get the no. You insurance no, companies don't exactly allow for wrong. that, Paul. <laughs> no. And no. Paul has stalled out. Uh, oh, the, maybe maybe the uh, internet said his comments weren't worthy. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> rejected. <laughs> and he's back. Good. Okay, so uh, you just said uh, self-sacrifice. Paul commented on that. Um, okay, then we had some laughs. Uh, I don't know if we really ended that. But okay, so self-sacrifice. Very, very, very good. Self- self-sacrifice, things like Dark Knight Rises, Lord of the Rings, the opening of the Star Trek, the newer Star Trek film where... Uh, oh, with uh, th- where Thor sacrifices himself? Right, where, uh, that's phenomenal. That yes. movie could have ended at 10 minutes. I would have gotten my money's worth. <laughs> That was really good, actually. <laughs> very, very it's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Um, okay, so very cool, Nathan. And now my, here is my trivial question for you, as it pertains to UHF. During the first Uncle Nutsy's Clubhouse scene, Uncle Nutsy, Weird Al Yankovic, uh, in, instructs Bobo the clown. Bobo. Bobo, Bobo the, clown. the clown. Excuse me, thank you, Master <laughs> Interrupter, uh, who is played by David Bow, to look up, down, then at Mr. Frying Pan. Bo's lip was split when the pan accidentally made contact with his face. Oh. It was supposed to stop short, so Bo's reaction and his actual discomfort as lip being split and bleeding, which was hidden by the red clown makeup on his lips. Oh. After the scene was completed, it was decided that his take was excellent and no further takes were shot. (laughs) I hope. 
Nathan, have you ever had a sermon example cause an injury or go otherwise awry? Oh, man. Oh, I did, actually. Uh, I was doing a first-person sermon, uh-huh. uh, I believe from Mark, about the, the guy who is uh, possessed by Legion. Uh-huh. And he's talking about beating someone up while he's under the influence of alcohol. No, demons. And uh, <laughs> and so, the the character who's who's me in it starts pounding his, his hand, pretending like he's beating someone up. Uh-huh. And unknown to me... I had like cracked my knuckle open and I was wearing what? this like, oh. yeah, I, I was like, I don't know. I got into it. And so you blood was going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't moisturizing properly. So my, my skin just <laughs> split oh, open. Oh, okay. So the skin w- got open around the, at the knuckle. I right, thought right, right. like you busted your knuckle open through like, the skin or something. Yeah. It just like oh, yeah, popped no, no, or no. something like, like, oh, you know how people oh. crack them, but like, no, I just busted my knuckle. Anyway, continue. <laughs> no, I uh, yeah. So the blood started coming out. I had no clue. And uh, part of the thing, um, as the guys get more and more possessed, uh, I, I had a tie on, and I just kept like taking the tie down lower and lower, and uh-huh. his clothes are getting more disheveled. And so I had a white tie on, and the blood is just all over the tie. I had no clue. Oh, so yeah. my wife thought while she's watching this that I tried like some, I don't know, theatrics and like fake oh. blood or something. She, she was like, eh, I don't know if that works. So anyway, so I, <laughs> so I got done with the sermon. It's kind of fake. Mr. Butterfingers. <laughs> so, so oh, is my face red? <laughs> so the sermon ends. And I go back into my office real quick while the music is going on because I want to like change my clothes a little bit so mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little more presentable. And I look down at my hands. My hands are covered in blood. And I said, oh. "What in the world happened?" And I oh look at my tie; it's covered in blood. So yeah, I, I <clears throat> injured myself. That nice. is an awesome story. And so apropos, given yeah what you were saying, Paul, about the the woodshop teacher or whatever. Yeah. His name oh gosh, that was awful. Yeah. Uh, now finally, Nathan, what was your prediction for UHF? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? I predicted it was going to be tragic. Okay, so in my camp. That's right, Paul. I was wondering how this was going to pan out as I first started. We'll We'll talk about it. Exactly. Panhandling out. uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Paul, why don't you enter our course for Alice so we all know what we're going to be doing in this show? Okay, Alice, let's have a roundtable pizza discussion on uh, the movie... UHF, uh, what we liked, and especially what we liked most, and also what we didn't like and didn't like most. And we'll come back for our final rating and some feedback and announcements. Sounds good. Awesome. Whenever you find that target, please uh, get us going. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. Hey, Stanley. Yeah, George. How would you like your own TV show? Okay. Channel 62 needed a new station manager. No, not him. Forget it. No way. Oh, this is even better than I imagined. But what they got was a man so desperate for ratings. Today, we're teaching poodles how to fly. He put anyone on the air. It's Weird Al Yankovic in UHF. Rated PG-13 starts Friday, July 21st at theaters everywhere. Wow. That was a really good trailer. I would agree with that. But did it... So would you say it jogged some memories for you, Paul? Uh, no, my memories have been thoroughly jogged as I recently watched this movie for this podcast. 
Well, that's convenient. I'm glad you did that. And you know what? I think we all sort of uh, put our memories together in a memory mind-melt synopsis for UHF. And this is how it goes. George, Weird Al, inherits, takes over, manages <laughs> a small dysfunctional public access UHF TV station for his uncle that is losing money, discovering they can make more money. That's a dangling modifier. Is his uncle losing money or is this TV station losing money? I don't know. It's a memory. Discovering they can make more money with original programming instead of airing syndicated shows, they begin to make TV shows that look somewhat familiar. Al does a lot of skits like Conan Librarian, and this means something and this means something mashed potatoes. Also, Kramer, before he was Kramer, runs a janitor-based child children's program. This somehow manages to steal the reins from a major network station. A bigger station can't stop the signal mail. <laughs> can't stop the signal mail. Uh the big network tries to destroy and sabotage the UHF station, and even though they are number one in the ratings, they still have to raise money because... But the, but the intervention of a secret space alien helps save the station, and Weird Al gets the girl in the end. Um... That's, that's most of it's right. That, I know. I'm trying... It's I'm struggling for... Pretty accurate. Could be wrong, yeah. Uh... I mean, he doesn't inherit the That's TV true. station. That's very so true. So I, I, I'm going to have to play this, unfortunately. And Mal, what's he doing in here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. He aims to misbehave. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but those are our memories. They, as, uh, you know, as we inherited them. I can't think of a segue. But before we watched them. Before we watched them. Paul, will you please... <laughs> Tell us, you know, the technical aspects of the production of this movie, like who was in it, and how did it do at the box office? All right. The movie UHF is rated PG-13. What? Really? <laughs> it was? That's what it says on oh, IMDb. Probably because of the blood. I don't think and that's accurate. But anyway, continuing, it, it runs an hour and 37 minutes, and it was released in theaters on July 21st, 1989 in the USA. So the movie stars uh, Weird Al Yankovic, Victoria Jackson, and some other people we've uh, covered in other movies, such as David Bowie from uh, Labyrinth, because he was the <laughs> Goblin King, right? It's David Bowie, Paul. David Bowie. And oh. he, he was also um, Dr. Ling in The Rock, which we reviewed on RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 91. And he was Commander uh, Gibbs in A Few Good Men, which is slash 82. And uh, Trinidad Silva. Yeah, he was uh, uh, Raul in this movie. And he was also... Oh, man! He was a punk in <laughs> The Jerk, which was slash 80. And Billy Barty. Yeah, he played uh, Noodles McIntosh. <laughs> or Macintosh? Which was it? Macintosh! <laughs> okay. And he uh, also voiced uh, a bait mouse in Rescuers Down Under slash 76. And he was the not Orko, Gwyn Gwildor in Masters of the Universe, which was slash three. John Pargan was in this. Yeah, he was Richard Fletcher. as R.J. Fletcher's son, right? Yes. Okay. He was also uh, a movie lot actor in Pee Wee's oh. Big Adventure, which was oh, slash how? 60. Which makes so much sense because every time he was on... 
I kept thinking it's Jombie. <laughs> the uh the from Pee Wee's Playhouse, the Jimmy. Oh, oh, okay. So I only yeah. so vaguely f- remember that, Paul. But well, Mekaleka, hi, Mecca, hiney, ho to you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Catherine Quitner, she did the uh, composed the music for oh, UHF, okay. mm-hmm. but uh, she was also actually um, an uncredited music editor for uh, the Wizard. The Wizard. Yes, thank you. <laughs> wow, how did I just know that? I must be wow, amazing. amazing. And yeah. I happen to know that that was episode 55. How about that? Yeah, amazing. <laughs> oh, so the budget of this film. Did that amaze us? I don't know. See, okay, the budget of this film is an estimated $5 million. Okay. And it made just over $6 million in the USA. Okay, so I count that so as that's a positive. <laughs> RF, yeah. But what weirds me out is that it's an estimated five million dollars. Does that mean like, oh, it was, it was really like six point five, but we want to make it look good, so we'll say it's about five million. <laughs> I have no idea, Paul. I don't either. But anyway, that's uh, that's it. Okay. <laughs> well, good to know. So it's kind of did did okay in the theaters probably did a lot better in rentals and stuff which you didn't give us those numbers Paul. no neither did imdb so i don't know usually i get that info from them but um i know for one my my brother katek who's been on the show really i remember this being like his movie Mm. so i know there's a group of people that no and we might get into that but no i remember not liking this movie hence my tragic prediction uh but so somebody's got to like this movie. Yeah, I'm there with you, Katek. <laughs> so let's talk about the things we liked when we re- we rewatched it recently, and let's start with our guest Nathan. What's one thing you liked about UHF? Because they got I it liked all Ar- on UHF. Yes, they do have it all. Uh, and where they didn't have it all was with R.J. Fletcher's station. Oh. Uh, I, I liked him as a villain. He was phenomenal. I mean, he was mm. just absolute pure total evil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it wasn't, it was over the top, but it didn't seem like some, I I, I believed it. I believed that this guy was just this awful, hateful, spiteful, two-faced rotten person. Yeah. Yeah. They really did a good job. uh, Really? That that correct. (laughs) Um, You know what? That's my exact same first like also. I was... RJ Fletcher, so over the top, but so fun to watch too. And a lot of times, villains like that, I won't like, but they'll just annoy me or something about him is just off putting. But he was just the right blend of big and hamming it up and uh, mustache twirling. I really, I really <laughs> liked him. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Nathan. Did did you like uh, RJ Paul, or was there was something sure. else you liked? yeah exactly um i didn't i'd be roommates with them whatever it's cool (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't go that far but (laughs) might snatch my body the first thing that i wrote down was spatula city and i (laughs) (laughs) i love that commercial and i know so many people that do and i can't figure out why it's like one of those stupid little things that I love, but I have no clue why. I mean, is it absurd and over the top? Yes. Just about in every way you can imagine. <laughs> and they do an excellent job of taking it to the next level, you know? 
The okay. only thing they were missing was glow-in-the-dark spatulas. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably had those. You just didn't couldn't see them because they shot in lights. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> and what better way to say I love you than with a glow-in-the-dark spatula? <laughs> okay, let's move on to something else Nathan liked. I liked the gag between uh, the blind guy and the panhandler. Oh, really? <laughs> Out, outside the Is courthouse. It? No. <laughs> <laughs> and they're doing the Rubik's Cube. Is this it? No. Is this it? No. Is this it? No. I've been laughing about that all day long. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, Paul, were the sort of the ancillary characters one of your likes by any chance? I'm, I'm curious about that. Sure, if I knew what ancillary was. Like the the supporting characters. Yeah, I thought they were all great. Um, Fran Drescher, I thought they all did mm-hmm. a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Richards. And um, just, yeah. Or did you want me to go on to something else? Why don't you go on to something else, down. Paul? Okay. <laughs> I love the way this movie opens up with the uh, oh, just like Raiders of the Raiders Lost of Ark. The Lost Ark. And it's like, okay, this guy's used to parodying music and music videos. Here he has a chance to do movies. And I'm like, yes, if you're going to start out, this is such a great way to start out. That is. I I, I couldn't remember exactly. It's been so long since I've seen this movie. I couldn't remember exactly where I was going with this. Like, okay, why is he doing this? Valerie, my wife, and said the same exact thing. She said, what does this have to do with the rest yeah, of the plot? Exactly. <laughs> um, but, I mean, obviously, by the end of it, you you, you get that he was daydreaming. Uh, yeah. I, I In the subtitles, and this is something I never would have picked up on without the subtitles, but it, it uh, says how it will say the different, like, weird animal sounds that are in the background. Like, they have a cat purring and, like, yeah. a goat or something and like that's that's a lot of fun that they would work those into the amazon yeah (laughs) uh but uh that's not one of my other likes one of my other likes is i i like weird al's version of the beverly hillbillies song (laughs) oh my gosh that is my favorite parody that's my next like that i had on here (laughs) actually that was my my classic maker oh my that was your classic maker yes Everything in this movie that's done well, I think this is the best. If you've oh, ever okay. seen the uh, the music video for uh, Money for Nothing, I uh, haven't. Is that the? Oh, is that what the, the Hillbillies Straits. is based or the the yes. music video yeah. is based on or yes. for the Hillbillies song? Okay, yes, and it's almost, it's almost shot for shot. Exactly. Oh, okay. oh, cool. Exactly. It is so well done, and then to have the Beverly Hillbillies theme song worked in it the way it is is just genius. Like it is such a great amalgam, mm-hmm. and it's so well done that it it is my classic maker. That's so cool. Yeah, I definitely I. I really don't like the original Beverly Hillbillies song. Oh, really? Um, I, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever seen an episode. I'm not, it doesn't interest me at all. And that song just annoys me. But hearing it here, I'm like, this is awesome. And you're I not also, that retro. I also, I also really like the UHF, <laughs> like the, the theme. I, I don't know if you'd call they it the got theme it song. All on on UHF. Yeah. I really like that. That was a lot, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, and I feel like they played that. In the beginning, when they're in their apartment, uh, really, like, I didn't notice. Not the words, but uh, like an right, instrumental right. version. It sounded a lot like it. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe. But, uh, let's go back to Nathan. 
Do you have uh, one more thing you liked? Yeah, I love the programming. Um, just the actual shows that they had and oh, little yeah. quick snippets. <laughs> so the we- the wheel of fish. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, Secrets of the universe uh, and the uh, universe. <laughs> the nature show. Um, oh my god! Well, what did you say? The turtle is nature's suction cup. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what else we got? Oh yeah, come I, here. I laughed Poodles out loud. When uh, going back to Secrets of the Universe, where he said we're going to discuss taking household items to make plutonium. Yes. And <laughs> I was like, Doc Brown could have used that and saved a whole movie worth of trouble. Yep, indeed. I don't think you can actually do that, Paul. No, it def- that's why it's funny, because you can't. Oh. Well, unless is you it, have alien technology. Is that funny? It is funny. Okay. We're going to discuss why. <laughs> But you know what? You guys sort of stepped on it a little bit, so I'll go ahead and say the the <clears throat> there are moments in this movie that made for my classic maker, and those are they are so horrible and like horrendous that they just for some reason just I busted at these. So when Raul throwing that poodle out the window, and you see this <laughs> pile of dead poodles on the ground. Oh man, just, that just I it's so sad, but at the same time, I just thought that was hilarious. And then Conan the librarian cleaving that kid. <laughs> Wait, so it's funny to cut him in half. <laughs> Sorry, go but ahead, if you take the setting into medieval times and cut off someone's arm. Then that's not funny, but cutting a kid in half. I'm not. Is. Sh- I'm not sure what you're trying to say with that, Paul. But I'll I'll continue. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> with uh, Rambo out. I'm with you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to be off the show right now? Python, Python forever. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> keep me on. Keep me on. <laughs> Paul, keep me on. <laughs> so Rambo, I thought was cool. I would love to have that that top suit that he was wearing. Yeah, that, yeah. that looked legit. Well, like. That looked real, but, but I knew it wasn't. I know. I, was like, I, I totally, yeah, that, that's not part of this. I just love how he like is firing point blank his bow and arrow at the, the AK-47 <laughs> old guy that can't hit him, and he just explodes, and then he's blowing up all the monuments. I just, oh. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my classic maker. Thanks, guys, for... Rambo is? N- no, just those moments that are just so horrible, like oh. such... Oh. Destruction of life. Yes, but for some reason, but it was your really favorite part. Me. Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm a horrible person. <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, let's That's see. Fun. Paul, why don't you give me your one more like that you like? Okay. And the one more thing that I have is, like you said, the humor in it. And mm-hmm. but most specifically, the the part that I laughed out loud the most mm-hmm. was Michael Rich's. Richard's physical humor, just the way he would react and just, oh, oh, just, <laughs> I, I, <Hey> that, <laughs> that's where I laughed the most. Yeah, that, okay. Apparently we, we have a lot of commonalities guys, because <clears throat> that was one more thing I wanted to mention. I just, the Steve Spadowski character could have easily Stanley. gone. Not Steve Stanley. Spadowski. You're right. You're right. The Stanley Spadowski character could have easily gone on my nerves 
Mm-hmm. But he's such a fun character, and he's just the right amount of silly special, I guess is how I'm going to put it. Uh, and yeah, Michael Richards played him perfectly. I, I really, I was very, I, I adored that character, even though he could have, he is, that type of character can easily annoy me, but mm-hmm. he certainly didn't in this case. Uh, it's yeah, he wrote favorite. that line really close yes. where he was almost to the point where it's annoying mm-hmm. and just being stupid, but mm-hmm. it, it, it really worked. I, he's my favorite. That's my favorite character he's ever played more than Kramer or anything. You know what? Well, oh. I like, I like Kramer, but I, I could, I could, I could definitely see the case for that. Yeah. I could see that. Uh, but Nathan, why don't you uh, give us your case for what was the best part of this movie, AKA your classic maker. Uh, yeah, so I made a distinction between the programming, the actual shows they had, and then their commercials oh, okay. uh, uh-huh. that they put on. So, so I think the commercials were the classic makers. So oh, Spatula really? City, okay. Uh, the um, <laughs> Plots Are Us. Oh gosh! Yeah, come visit our salad bar. <laughs> <laughs> Conan the uh, Librarian and Gandhi too. Yes. I mean, <laughs> It's just so wrong. It's so wrong. It's that, hilarious. It was. Oh my goodness. Oh gosh. Those. Hey, I, I. I think in our modern steak. day. Medium rare. <laughs> oh, I think in our modern day and age, uh, they could do something like that and just have like a YouTube channel with these. Oh fake yeah. Made up TV shows. There probably is. So it's something very like modern. Already, it's very modern. Yeah. Like, yeah that's true. It. Indeed. It. Indeed. Awesome. Well, before we get to the thing, so those are all the things we really liked about UHF. Now, before we get to the things that didn't really hold up, we like to go out to social media and say, uh, hey, what do you remember about these movies and video games we cover? And here's what some of you had to say. There's a lot of feedback. So me and Paul are going to go back and forth. I'll start us off. Uh, first first up, we have uh, this, Tim this, Tim, this Tim J says, still one of my favorites. Awesome. Martin Obando says, who wants... Sorry. <laughs> he says, who wants... Sorry? What? Yes. No, he said, who wants to drink from the fire hose? <laughs> Brian K. Friesen says, life is like a mop. Jeremy Duncan says, my mop! <laughs> Glenn Farrell says, wheel of fish... And also, I knew it. Roadmaps. Josh Powers. I wonder if he's any relation. Mm. Uh, missed an opportunity to say, "Be there." Yeah. In terms of how I posted my, what do you remember about oh, this? Oh yeah, yeah. Thanks for calling me out, Josh. Yeah, good one. Doing work. Uh, <laughs> Nate Henderson says, "And what better way to say I love you? I love you than with a gift of a spatula." John Noggle says, I still go to Spatula City. <laughs> and that's all. <laughs> Eric Purcell says, I remember a bizarre love of fire hoses. Hashtag, when do we get a sequel? Jackie Ramsey says, this was funny. Big smiley face. Jeremy Duncan, I'm a huge fan of Weird Al. And this was far and away my favorite movie as a teenager. Far and away was? or Oh, this movie. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right. Gosh. Uh, my mom says, I love this movie. Very quotable. Spatula City. And I'm thinking of something orange. It's an orange. <laughs> and drinking from the fire hose. It took me years to like it. But now I'd rate it a classic with the warning that all people may not appreciate this kind of humor. Mm. And that was Paul's mom, Deb Powers, by the way. Yeah. So not everyone she's knows. in relation to Josh Powers. Oh, my word. Then Michael Withers says... 
Twinkie Wiener Dogs, never called Dame's Broads. I think it's never called Chick's Broads. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, what would RJ Sr. say if he if he were alive today? Help, help, help me, help. Get me out of here. I can't breathe. Yeah. Uh, frying pan to the clown's face, just a hint of cheese. <laughs> Terry, Terry. Uh, guns don't kill people. I do. <laughs> I'm going to club a baby seal. Flying poodles, not. Uh, badgers, badgers. We don't need no stinking badgers. What's the matter? Don't you guys like Bonanza? Uh, red, red rum, red rum. Supplies. Uh, what's in the box? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Stupid. You are so stupid. Red snapper. Very tasty. You get to drink from the fire hose. Call me Mr. Butterfingers. Uh, <laughs> Beverly, Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, tastes like snot. No, t- <laughs> poop. I think it tastes yeah. like poop. But yeah. he said, Michael said, yeah. tastes like snot. Uh, got some change, Mister? Oh, I like that character. <laughs> As an actor, he seems so fun to watch. Is this? Is this it? Now? Is this it? Now? Is this it? No. <laughs> Basically, I have this movie memorized. So, <laughs> thank you for reliving the the movie with us, uh, Michael. Now, from Michael's comments, we move to the other end of the spectrum. Boothie Thorn uh, says, "That's not Kramer," because I had a picture of Ryan Stanley R- Spudalski in the post. Uh, Ryan R. Jackson says, "I remember nothing. What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Peter Guzman says, "Never seen it." And Diego Villa to seventy nine says, "Red Snapper." By the way, I predict a tragic with a frowny face. So he's oh no, it's a zipper face. Yeah, like his, don't his don't say got an eyes and a zipper mouth. Don't tell anyone I said that. Uh, don't worry, Diego. Uh, okay. Your secret's safe with us. Except we just told everybody. Uh, that's the comedy, Paul. Why oh. are you ruining it? Sorry. These are the jokes. These yeah. are the jokes. You know what? I didn't realize our podcast was funny. You ruined the show, Paul. And let's talk about how what elements of UHF were ruined by bad jokes. Uh, I'll kick us off with this. Why? Okay. Why didn't Fletcher... Just call into the telethon and buy all the shares. Tell me. Tell me uh, why. Because he wouldn't be the owner. He would save the station. No, that's but the, when you buy stock, you become the owner. That's why they yeah. said the whole town will own the station. Yeah, he but would they, they wouldn't sell the majority of the shares so that they could still be the, the major shareholder. How'd you, how'd you well, know if they, they were smart enough? Like 49%, yeah. Yeah. 49% control of the, the company so wait george newman like weird al is buying uh 30 no 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 he splits up worth? and keeps however many for himself he wants and then sells you know 40 percent of the shares so you're saying oh so he just keeps paper essentially without paying yeah. for it yeah and sells the rest for ten dollars a pop yeah i see what you did okay that's uh, I guess that could work, but okay, that wasn't clear. They didn't make that clear. No, you're right. You're right. Still a plot hole, I think. And you know what? I, I'm going to talk more about that later. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Nathan, why don't you tell us something you didn't like? The Rambo chest. That thing is so <laughs> oh, disturbing. Like <laughs> oh man, it's it's hard to look at. It's oh, so, I couldn't keep like, my just... eyes off of it. It's like <laughs> it looks so real, but it. 
but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's not. Fake. Yeah. It's like, how? what is it made out of? I was wondering that material? too. It's, yeah. it's made out of beef jerky. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Tanned beef jerky. It's so, I mean, it looks great. I mean, yeah. for what they're going for, it really, the, the makeup is phenomenal. And yeah. if it was today, they would have like used cheap CGI on, over like a, another actor's body. But um, <laughs> but it just looks, it just looked like jerky. Like they, oh, they, they took the, the patterns and contours of yeah. jerky and said, this is what a real man looks like. Here you go. <laughs> Slap. Slim Jim. Slim Jim. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay. <laughs> Paul, what's something you didn't like? Uh, I mentioned that humor is one of the best parts about this movie, but also one of the worst parts about this movie is the humor. Is, oh. that- is, is this one of your slammers, Paul? Um, it could be a lot of. I know there's a lot of people, Francisco, <laughs> would be turned off by some of the humor in this movie, and it it is some silly, over the top, yes, and it can definitely uh, dissuade people from liking it. Hmm. Well, not every movie can be a clue, Paul. That's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan, let's go back to you. What's something else you didn't like? Yeah, I agreed with Paul. Some of the the I, I love the weirdness of the film, and I hated the weirdness of the film. It just seemed <laughs> unbalanced. Oh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> and so and Weird Al sometimes the way he he acted was actually spot on mm-hmm. hilarious, and other mm-hmm. times it was just well that was an interesting strange choice that didn't work there. It just it's it's weird. I'll give him that, but it's not funny. Yeah. Um. But uh, uh, another one, I think the uh, the minimal tension of the story. So, okay, he's a loser, mm-hmm. and oh, he needs to get a job, and people aren't nice, and things are going well. Oh, they need the station. I mean, it just, the tension seemed really slow until the third act. Mm. So I it could just see that. kind of dragged along, and it wasn't funny enough to just pull us forward. Oh, okay. So I thought the, the low tension was, was tragic. Oh, okay, fair enough. Not really related to that, but something I didn't like was... So were all these ads for like Gandhi 2 and Conan the Librarian, which were great. I loved them. But are those other movies that were being made by UHF? And if yeah. so, how are they affording them if they're like going bankrupt? <laughs> they're number one. This is before that. No, I thought they were just the the really bad films that they were airing, like like UHF stations used oh, to Oh, I do. thought they you know, were they're... making them because there was like, hey, you know, original programming. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I thought they it's were original open to too, interpretation but, because it doesn't say. But I don't understand how they could have afforded that. Like, if they're struggling for money that badly, why aren't they doing like more of the Stanley Spadowski's uh, clubhouse or at that point I Uncle thought they were. clubhouse or whatever? They're not. You sure? I'm. I'm pretty sure because I'm I think sure. the only original programming they had was uh, Uncle Nutsy's clubhouse and then the news, but. Um, so I thought, you know, once once Stanley Spadowski, this was before they were number one, but when Stanley Spadowski's Clubhouse came out, then they got some money coming in from sponsors, and it was with that money that they were full starting to movies make, though, full movies. They're yeah, making. they're only twice as long as an hour show, <laughs> and maybe I never took them as movies. I took them as TV shows. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I totally took them as to be movies. What, what, how did you take them, Nathan? <laughs> I took them as as movies. Okay, but I so they Paul's were wrong. Produced. So Paul's wrong. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Majority rules. It's, it's it's rare, but yes, it does happen. I'm glad. <laughs> well, you that, that's why I missed one of these that, moments. That's why I made the distinction between the like the TV show programs because yeah. I had commercials for that, and then the commercials for like yeah. Spatula City. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. 
and all that other stuff. So, well, cool. Uh, let's let's go back to uh, Paul. What's something you didn't like? When George, uh, the main character, Weird Al plays, when he calls at the beginning um, at the burger place, he calls his boss a pathetic tub of lard. Mm -hmm. I thought it's just, I I didn't like having the main character use such a horrible negative description. It was like, well, that's awfully mean of you. I don't yeah. care if you're if you lose your job or if you if the TV station sinks because it doesn't make him likable character. That's a good now, point. They should have now, done something to make Big Edna look even more like like a mean boss or something. To and, help but to set call that up. her a pathetic tub of lard, like he could have yeah. said, like, oh, she's so mean and she always requires us to, you know, to she's too strict or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. But to and yeah. he, I understand, like, RJ calling, you know, he, he's the villain, and he calls people names. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Totally. Or even Cooney calling people stupid. <laughs> he's a side character. And now I wasn't comfortable. It's weird. As a kid, I loved it. Stupid. But now I was really uncomfortable with that. You know what? Me a little bit, I'm like, why are you being so, like, why are you saying that to these people? They're not really stupid. Right. And but. so then when you have the main character using that that kind of down talk. Uh, yeah. I I thought it was very off putting. Okay. Um was anything like that uh the last thing you didn't like, Nathan, or was it something else? Uh yeah, it was along those lines. Uh it it um it was a character. Um mm. George was not likable until about halfway through the film. Mm. And so that that kind of goes into what I was saying about pacing and tension and everything. But mm-hmm. he just wasn't okay, here's the guy I've He's a protagonist, so I, I'm I've got to be with him. All right, uh, but yeah, the <laughs> the mean spiritedness just didn't uh, didn't endear me to him uh, right yeah. off the bat, and I think that's part of the datedness of this this film. I don't think uh, yeah. Uh, who was the um, <clears throat> the the Wheel of Fish guy? Cooney. Uh, Cooney. Cooney. Yeah. Cooney. Um, yeah, we, I don't think we'd get away with a character like that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably you know, not. Like Are when he goes to. <laughs> we live in the time where where Robert Downey Jr. could play a black guy and get nominated for an Oscar in a comedy. <laughs> this film, is true. So. This is true. You'd have to play it carefully, but uh, I loved. Yeah. I did. I know we're not in the love section, but I loved where uh, they're going uh, to save uh, Kramer, and they say <laughs> the, the door says supplies. <laughs> And they say supplies. That is is probably the most well-written joke in that movie. That's what Michael was referencing. By the way, I didn't say before, thank you to everyone who sent us feedback. Yes. Very much appreciated. And you you put that in your feedback, Michael, and I was like, supplies. I don't really remember that. But okay, that's it. Yeah. So instead of surprise. I get it, Paul. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) These are the jokes, for instance. I do get some of them. No, but I really thought that was the most uh, heady or the most, what do you call that? Um, anyway, I thought it was well it was, just, it was It was well thought out. It was quick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Blinking, yes. you miss it. Yes. But, uh, but you know, going back to what you were saying about George, that actually leads me into my tragic maker, the thing I liked the least about UHF. And it wasn't his his meanness, but it's another aspect of his character. And it's his, his like, hair. Hyper no, his hyper. I think weird. I do like <laughs> weird, Al's, weird Al's sort of non facial hair and longer sort of hair down these days. But that's regardless to what my tragic maker. 
So the thing that I just like most, George Newman's hyperbolic self-loathing. I mean, at the end, by the by the time I think like you were saying, Nathan, halfway through the movie, you don't really see this. And as as in, for example, when uh, they they find that Stanley's gone, he doesn't go like, "Oh, this is the worst. I can't do anything right. I can't get the station going." He he's like, "No, I'm going to go out and help find Stanley and um and be Rambo. It's going to be awesome." But in the beginning, he's like, "Oh." Just take this crowbar and hit me in the head. Just hit me. Hit me now. And like with Terry, oh, I can't do anything right. Wah, wah, wah. And and you know what? Therapy time. I think this mainly bugged me because I did that a lot growing up, I think. <laughs> and what? on occasion, I'll still do it now. So I think it's me not liking what I what see, see, what I don't yeah. like about myself in another character is yep. the reason it's my tragic maker. Yay. <laughs> How did you feel oh, yeah, watching no. that? Oh, my God. Well, I gotta tell you, Nathan. I felt, <laughs> I felt like I couldn't make choices. I don't know. But <laughs> it's my tragic maker. I didn't like it, obviously. But uh, Paul, were you gonna say something? What my tragic maker? Or? Sure. I thought you were gonna comment on that, but go ahead with uh, with your tragic maker. Uh, this is go back to some of what you were initially started out with. It was kind of like the hmm. logic of solving the problem. Oh yeah. And and this movie was. I think it came out in 1989, we said, right? Correct, yes. So it's hard to imagine that the number one station in town with three of the top five shows and has all this new money coming in Mm -hmm. from sponsors and advertisers and everything can't uh, easily write a check for $75,000 or mm. go to a bank and get a loan. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? For $75,000. Yeah. Like, look, we could right. easily pay that back. Maybe not now because it might be, you know, a very small town. But what small, small town has a network station right there? Like yeah. the big building. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So I don't imagine it's that small of a town. So I'm sure they had $75,000 somewhere that in the next week. Is an you know excellent what I mean? point, yes. So it's kind of like I, I, a lot of times like I, I don't understand why they're scrambling for money. They, they're mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. There's a lot of money in television. Yeah. And with their success, I would think it would be easy to get yeah. something like a bank loan or yeah. Right weird so it was hard for me to turn my brain off of that aspect which was the whole driving point of the last half of the movie yeah now if i ever want to if i do want to see this movie again now that's gonna be stuck in my head paul thanks a lot you're welcome (laughs) but no that's that's at least you won't be wondering about rj buying all the shares oh my gosh (laughs) oh because they kept half the paper for themselves francisco uh, Nathan, <laughs> why don't you cap us off with your tragic maker for UHF? My tragic maker was the score of the film. Oh, really? So, okay. yeah, wow. yeah. Is like, not, not, not the songs not like, or just, just no, the, not the songs, okay. not the songs, but the background music. So, so in the opening where you have the Indiana Jones music, it mm-hmm. sounded like they had uh, set a synthesizer behind it, and they just paid yes. someone to say. Yeah, they're going to say, hey, uh, we just need to have a basic soundscape and we'll fill it in with more instruments later, but we just need the tunes. And then they said, ah, we're not going to spend more money on this. We'll just, we'll just try the first shot. They probably I, ran out of money. I was going to say, those, and, this brass just sounds like synthesizer. I don't think this is an orchestra. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. It was just, but 
and, and, and the same thing with the Rambo sequence. There's a few other places where they did it, but those those two sequences were so well produced mm-hmm. and uh, and visually they were great, but the music just was was awful. Mm-hmm. It, it it seemed like um, I I don't know what it seemed like. There was no drama to it. There was uh, no tension. It was just this very um, basic sound that was uh, was not good. So it, it it really I think ruined the main. Uh, point of the uh, uh, of both of those scenes and a few other scenes. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. It so again, underwhelmed. Yeah, it underwhelmed. Again, another movie could have been saved by John Billiams. Uh, maybe our regular listeners will get the the running <laughs> gag there of John Billiams, our our fake composer who fixes all the music of all the movies we hate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The, I think the um, I, I think if it was filled out more. So even the the composer who was on it, if mm-hmm. uh, if been given more money, oh yeah, uh, definitely to, to hire I think an you, orchestra and everything. I, what you sounded makes so much sense. We're all right. We're gonna just put down some track, uh, some temp tracks with sympath, right. sympath, right. and then we'll go back. And then it's like, oh, if we're gonna make Sorry, a profit, guys, we need to out. send it out now. <laughs> it didn't distract me, but I I wasn't expecting a lot. Here's something. Did you notice, like, during the commercial times? And I watched this on DVD. I don't know what, what you saw it on. Um, I watched it in HD on a 8-inch uh, tablet. Okay. So maybe you didn't notice this. Because I saw it in SD on uh, my 4K 55-inch TV. <laughs> so the TV... We should have swapped. We yeah. should have swapped. <laughs> the TV commercials looked extra blurry and i know that was you know for uh to make they it look like it was more look. on tv but it was like distra- like i could barely make it out like some of it on my tv so i'm wondering if the hd like blu-ray has it a little bit clearer or the i i don't know yeah i think shout factory uh did a re-release within the last year or two yeah and, that's what this and is. they really did upscale everything yeah, yeah. good job library so i think shout I, factory I, I think a lot of that uh, that blurriness was taken care of. Cause like, I mean, again, I got an eight inch tablet, but I think it was uh, it, was, it wasn't too distracting. Sharp. Yeah, this, no, not okay. at all. Yeah, it wasn't this even a thing. I was as again four eighty p, but it was the Blu ray, and it looked everything looked very clear. I I had no complaints. Okay. Um, and it is PG thirteen. It is. Wow. Mm-hmm. Does it say what for? I'll look it up. Or you can. Uh, I, w- I was reading. They said it was uh, for the Conan librarian, the guy getting chopped in half, and um, and I think the poodle scene. <laughs> Told you, Paul. <laughs> and the MPAA wanted that scene taken out, and they said, absolutely not. <laughs> they said, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was reading, too, the actor uh, who played him, um, Trinidad Silva, oh, had this... passed away during filming. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? And so, yeah. yeah and that, that, well, it was dedicated to him at the end. That's mm-hmm. why I looked it up. Oh. And he, uh, like, I think he was killed by a driver. Drunk driver. Uh, or yeah. something. Oh. Terribly tragic by it that. It was, and so, I was going to say, this was almost my classic, or tragic maker, but I'm like, this isn't really about the movie, Francisco. So try to pick something from the movie, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they were supposed. They had another scene where they were going to have the poodles like come back and attack him in revenge or something <laughs> like that. But he passed away. Oh, and they wow. hired an actor and like obscured his face, but they said it wasn't that funny, so they cut it. Yeah. Yeah. 
They didn't want a rated R version. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think with that, thank you, Nathan, we've entered all our... Wait, 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 wait. Before we get into this, okay... Cause as did you enjoy Francisco? This this is mainly directed to you. Okay? Oh, okay. Here it comes. Yes, let's get this out on the table. Cause I was I was wondering about this throughout the movie. I'm like, no, no, Paul, don't think. Just I don't watch. Think there were enjoy. any disobedient children. No. Okay. But in the first uh, opening scene, the whole uh, India Indiana Raiders, Jones. Yeah. yeah, he takes a whip. Uh huh. And and he. He whips around a guy. A guy is about to shoot him. He turns yes. around, takes a whip, and whips his arm right off. Yeah. And the guy runs away. Okay. Yeah. The arm the guy right doesn't off. doesn't stay and say, oh, I'm going to shoot you with my other hand. Oh, you chop that off? Oh, I can take you out. No, Here, but he's, he's not like, oh. He didn't even scream. Yeah. He was like, oh, this is normal. I'm just going to look at it and run away. Of course, he's in shock, and he doesn't want no. any more damage, so he this runs away. This didn't remind That's you exactly of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like with the Black Knight? Only, like, only in the arm chopping off, but the reaction was much, much more real. Like, you wouldn't stand mm-hmm. try to keep fighting? I think he would he literally he disarmed him yeah. with a whip. That's not real at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more real with a sword. But anyway, we won't get into that. It just the humor in this reminded me so much of Monty Python and the Holy Grail that I thought, oh, Francisco cannot be enjoying this. Is that true or no? <laughs> Let's let's wait for entering now that we've entered all okay. our uh, firing trajectories into the firing computer. Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Okay. Do we rate? UHF, a classic. We'd recommend anyone go and see this, whether or not you've seen it before. Uh, (laughs) A nostalgic. (laughs) We'd only recommend it to people who have seen it before. Like if you saw it as a kid, it's worth a rewatch today. But if you've never seen it before, it probably would... It may make you think, what is this? Why am I watching it? Maybe. Or a tragic. We'd recommend no one watch this. If if you no. have seen it before, if you have not seen it before, don't, don't seek bother. it out. And if you have seen it before, then don't bother. Don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> and Just live off your memories that are better than the movie itself. All right. So let's go ahead and rate this film. Let's start with our guest, Nathan. How do you rate UHF? Uh, well, I came into this thinking it was going to be tragic because I could only remember very, very little about the film. Uh, and as I was watching it, I realized that it's a, not it was a lot good. better oh. than <laughs> it was a lot better than my memories. Mm-hmm. So oh, maybe cool. my tastes have become more immature, I suppose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or maybe it's like a fine wine that gets better with age. <laughs> that, that, the movie's it's mature. Not that. It's not that one. Um, <laughs> but, but while, while I was watching it, it, it struck me that these this film is... A really like a precursor to like a Napoleon Dynamite or a Nacho Libre, mm-hmm. which is very serial, and you just got a lot of gags running throughout it, and there's yeah. some sort of cohesion, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of people who love those films. I am not one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> here, here. I don't know, but I I laughed quite a bit at uh, at the film. 
Um, but I can't imagine having like my wife or my parents or the youth group kids watching this and universally saying, wow, we feel better. Like this is a gem we missed. So I'm going to go ahead and say uh, nostalgic. Nostalgic. Okay. If you've okay. seen it before, it's pretty funny. Uh, and maybe if you've had it before, it's like that fine wine and it's aged. So, mm-hmm. uh, But uh, I'm going to say nostalgic. Okay, right. good. Nostalgic. Paul, I can only imagine. What do you right. rate? Uh, <laughs> well, UHF? I was going in this movie uh, with classic in mind, but I also rate it nostalgic. Really? Okay. It it is. I found myself not laughing and enjoying the scenes as much as I did younger. Interesting. Okay. So. But I, like I said, there were moments I laughed out loud and I did enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that the price has gone down, I put this <laughs> on my Amazon list. <laughs> nice. uh, and I it? rate it a is nostalgic. This it? Yeah. Is this it? Is this it? Is this the right price? Oh my gosh. Nope. Is this the right price? Nope. <laughs> All right. So we have two nostalgics. Uh, so essentially, this is going to be at least a, a disputed nostalgic. You, sh- you should have everyone write down their 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 rating, and then at the count of three, like flip it. So oh, knows. like uh, the tribe has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah, we put them all in a secret ballot, and then one of us reads it, like, right. "Who rated this? Something, something." Okay. <laughs> all right. So, Paul, you were asking about the. This reminds you so much of my Python, right? Yes. And I definitely did. I I wondered if that was going to be coming up because I could see the similarities to Monty Python. Yet this movie had such a better through line. And yeah, it was kind of, there wasn't a lot of tension, like you were saying, Nathan, to the the story and like what the stakes, the stakes of it. But I feel like it was such a more cohesive movie than Monty Python. And I enjoyed this movie so much. I actually watched this twice. I because and that's rare for me to watch a movie twice for the show. I just I was delighted by oh, how, wow. how this movie and how much it made me laugh. I laughed pretty much just the same amount of time on the second viewing as I did the first. Oh, wow. I just mentioned Conan the Librarian to Christy last <laughs> night. And I just busted up. It's such a funny idea to me and yeah, I, I would share this with my uh, daughter and son when they're older. I think it's, I don't know if they, it would be tough because they probably, well, I think they would have seen enough of the, when I would share this with them, they would have seen other movies that I'd also want to share with them. So they might get some of the humor. But yeah, I, you know what? I got to rate this a classic, guys. I know that's All right. really, wow. really not true to form for me, but yeah, but yeah I, wow. he's coming around, guys. <laughs> My Python's still crap, but um, <laughs> oh no! At least oh. Holy Grail. I haven't seen you the others, so I can't. I can't speak to like I, Brian or any of those. I don't know if I should say this, but I'll go ahead and say it. I saw uh, The Shining for the first time this past really? year. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. And so when he does the red rum, red, it sounds just <laughs> like that little boy's oh, yeah, voice. Totally. I was amazed how how similar <laughs> that voice was. And I don't recommend The Shining for anybody, by the way. Oh, would you say tragic to it? 
I mean, it's well done, but it's not my genre. I don't yeah. like that at I, all. I'm so. surprised when you say I saw The Shining further. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it seemed tame to c- today's standards. Of Those wh- two girls horror. are so creepy. Oh, my I gosh. They haunt my nightmares. Anyway. Well, when you see them as a, like, his that kid's age, yeah, it's not good. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but... Regardless, I'm not talking about the shinning because we don't want to get sued. We are talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, By the way, our patrons that voted in the Rewind Republic would agree with you guys. They voted nostalgic uh, unanimously Mm. also. But according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we'd have to rate uh, what movies? UHF, (laughs) not The Shining. According to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate UHF a disputed nostalgic movie. If you saw it as a kid, probably fun to revisit it but if you're coming to it for the first time it probably won't be your cup of tea all right now with that also please bring us back to our own time for our feedback and announcement section i thought we always came back to our own time to give our final rating. I guess we always gave our rating back in that time. Huh? Yeah, because we had to fire our our rating salvo at the thing, so we have to stay there until we fire it at the movie or the video game. And then once we've done that, they've been destroyed or built up, we leave. Oh, so that's what's going on. The theater okay. of the mind, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as always, you can go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash vote to vote on the movies you want us to cover. If you uh, if you were to go there today, we, we're still uh, a bit out from our closing the next round of voting. But if you were to if we were to close voting today, your next five movies would be Hercules, the Disney animated version. Oh, I was hoping <clears throat> it was Meet Three Stooges. Tarzan, also Disney animated. The Jungle Book, also Disney animated. So the original Disney oh, animated wow. version. Uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Disney animated version. No, that's sorry. the Muppet version. <laughs> <laughs> the animated Muppet version. The, the Muppet baby version. Uh, oh. And uh, Alice in Wonderland, the Disney animated version. Wow. So, All Disney right, so you got to go vote. Yeah, if you want to see Tombstone, which is number six, if you want to see that higher, got to vote that up uh, or any of those down if you don't like them. Alice in Wonderland. Uh <laughs> or the, or you want to vote down Jungle Book? That's fine too. I, I'm that's I I'm not going to dispute good. that. Uh, but uh, yeah, go retrorewindpodcast.com/vote. And uh, as always, you can go to also go to retrorewindpodcast.com/store to get redirected to buy some of our merch like I'm wearing right now. You can't see because you're listening, but a Retro Rewind podcast a t-shirt. We also have hoodies, but that is a very tangible way to help support the show. Now we have some feedback from some past episodes, namely our the last one we did, which was on the Transformers the movie, which was slash 125. First off, Patrick Edwards says, Ladies and gentlemen, your director for the live-action shot-for-shot remake of The Transformers, the movie, Brian Singer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's something we talked about on the episode, if you listen to it. Um, who would direct a live-action uh, shot-for-shot remake of this animated version? Uh, uh, 
Patrick went on to say, I was listening and waiting for uh, Brian Singer to call up. Sometimes he will on this show. Brian Singer will call Mick Haunt the show. Uh, Although I think he might be in a cabin in the woods planning the demise of the next Tron movie. I hope not. Please stay away from Tron, Brian Singer. Uh, Also, when it came time to give your... Wait, 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 wait. If Brian Singer... No, he's planning to destroy it. So then that's fine. I was about to say, is if Brian Singer made the next Tron movie, is that better than no Tron movie? Man, that's a mm. tough call. Depend I guess it depends on how well he does it. I mean it right. could be it could be a yeah. Days of Future Past or it could be Apocalypse. So I don't know which of those I want. I enjoyed both of those. I don't Not think Superman Returns, though. Uh, I don't think I want to roll oh, those gosh. dice. I'm with you, Paul. <laughs> but then Jack uh, and the Giant whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Look, to me, I'd say that it's something's better than nothing for Tron. You can always guess, continue the story afterwards, hopefully. I but. guess if Disney keeps their like tight hand grip and you got John Lasseter there to save any... like. Going off the beam paths. Okay, I. I Why did they get the okay. original Tron director, the that guy who made too. up the story of Tron? Sure, you know, do that. That's fine with me too. Anyway, continue. I'm continue. Sorry. Totally sidetracked. <sighs> Patrick finishes up by saying, "Also, when it came time to give your final rating again on Transformers, I was literally in my car yelling, do it, Francisco! Rate it nostalgic! Do it! Do it now!'" <laughs> <laughs> And do I it, did. Do it now. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I think I probably I probably heard you in in sort of a, a <laughs> time paradox, Patrick. And I did rate the Transformers the movie of nostalgic. Uh, then spoiler. So thank you, Patrick, for that feedback. Also, Patrick Kramer said he did essentially he left feedback while he was listening, and it was kind of a real time feedback. Uh, that was cool. Yeah, we that was really that. cool. Uh, and we love that type of interaction. By all means, if you want to do that, do it. Um, uh, so I'll, I picked out some of the things he said. He said, okay, now I'm just trying this one. I'm sincere, I'm sincerely hope this doesn't end badly. I already heard a predicted tragic sigh. Um, Optimus resurrected in the season. Oh, Optimus resurrected in the season that came after the film. Once Hasbro realized the mistake they made, they had show writers devise a way to bring him back, despite passing the matrix of leadership to Rodimus Prime. So, yeah. I, I don't know if you quite saved it there, Hasbro, but good job. A for effort. Uh, Patrick also said, there was such a pushback from the death of Prime that when they made the G.I. Joe movie, they actually altered the fate of Duke. I didn't realize there was any alteration to that, but I believe it. Uh, and then finally, Patrick said, just finished the episode. Great one, by the way. And I have to agree with Nostalgic. The movie has flaws, but I think it encapsulates the era and really was a strong animated film. So thank you so much, Patrick Kramer, for that feedback. If you want to leave us uh, feedback on this episode or any other, probably the best place to do it is either on our Facebook page or on our Facebook group, uh, page, uh, but you can also leave it in the comments on this. On, if you're on our website now, listening, you can leave it in the comments below. Uh, you can go or just you could tweet us. Uh, Paul's going to give us give you the our social media here in a second. Uh, 
So we, with that, we have just about reached our last nap point and the end of the show. If you are new to the show, thank you so much for listening this far. Uh, I don't think this has been one of our longer ones, but still, thank you for listening to this point. And I would imagine we entertained you. I was entertained by this. <laughs> so I'm sure you were too. Uh, but uh, why not subscribe to the show if you did enjoy listening? Um, it doesn't cost you anything. And you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, pretty much any podcatcher you like. If you've been listening to the show for a while now and you really love it, uh, why not consider becoming one of our patrons? Go to Patreon, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support uh, to help support us financially. For $1 an episode, which is about $2 a month, uh, you'll get more, more, pretty much more audio content. Uh, so, sometimes we do movie commentaries or new movie reviews. And what we're going to start with this episode is a movie and theology or film and theology, whatever you want to call it, a discussion where we will talk about some of the spiritual themes in UHF. I know you may be thinking, were there any? Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it was a great conversation. I'll say that. So go check that out if you are a patron. And if not, consider being one so you can listen to that great discussion. Uh, and thank you to everyone who is a patron of our show. It means a lot to us and makes a big difference in helping us continue. Now we have, in fact, reached Nav Point Omega. Paul, do you have any intel on our next mission? Yes, next time we'll be going back to the year 1973 for Disney's Robin Hood. So if you want to share your memories about that or talk to us about anything, you can contact us at Retro Rewind Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Also, check out our videos of games, streams, and pod trailers on YouTube.com slash Retro Rewind Podcast. And if you want to find me, Paul J. Powers, you can go to PaulJPowers.com where I have all my social media links. Sweet. Thank you so much, Paul. It's so fun oh, doing this you. show. You're welcome. It's so fun doing the show with you. You're an awesome friend, awesome co-host, and an awesome fellow programmer for this podcast, HF Station. Oh, you're Something welcome. Just don't hit me in the face of the frying pan. I'll try not to. All right. <laughs> uh, I also want to say a special thank you to our first-time guest, Nathan James Norman. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun having you. Yeah, it was great being here. Awesome. I appreciate it. Oh, totally. Uh, can you share where our listeners can find you online? And is there anything you'd like to promote <clears throat> until the podcast? <clears throat> sure. Yeah, they can find me on a few places online. NathanJamesNorman.com, where I don't really update all that often, because <laughs> I run the Untold Podcast at mm. UntoldPodcast.com, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. And we uh, produce audio fiction that's free for everyone to download and enhance it with uh, music and sound effects. So lots of uh, lots of great stuff. Uh, genres for about everyone, unless you like romance. I think we did one of those like three years ago, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But if you like sci-fi, horror, fantasy, mystery, supernatural uh, stories, we do those every month. And uh, we have a great uh, group of writers who submit to us. Um, and if you really want to... Um, uh, cause yourself to suffer you can listen to sermons over at orchardchurch.net <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh you know that's you know that that that's you taking your fate in your own hands well thank you nathan so much for being on the show it was fun having you like i said apparently i'm being redundant uh but if you'd want to find me francisco you can find me on twitter i'm 
or Instagram, actually. I'm at FXRUIZX. Uh, you could probably find right now I'm doing a lot of uh, pixel art uh, work, uh, working through the Star next Trek, the next generation uh, bridge crew. It's been a lot Happy of fun. Happy 30. Doing that. Uh, oh, are they, are they 30 years old now? Yeah. Oh, this wow. year, they're, it's 30 years oh, for Star very Trek Next cool. Generation. Nice. I did not plan that. That's completely um, serendipitous. And I want to promote my services as a web and graphic designer. You can check out my portfolio at fxrdesign.com. Uh, but thank you, the listeners, so much for listening. If you subscribe to the show and get it downloaded automatically, thank you. That's awesome. Glad we're in your ear in your earbuds ear holes, whatever, every other week. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're a patron, thank you so much for supporting the show. And if you've shared the show with your friends, thank you so much for doing that. That's so great that you're sharing the show with others. And finally, I want to say you can, if you want to catch us somewhere else, you can catch us on the Retro Junkies, which is theretrojunkies.com, or the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. But like a Pokemon... We got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind Mission Complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Hey, Francisco, you know, I was wondering, like, if you were traveling through outer space, I mean, like, you're going really fast, like the speed of light, you know... And all of a sudden, you were listening to our podcast, and you started laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Do you think your brain would blow up?